is the Big Church Podcast. Good morning, Big Church. Good morning, Big Church. How are y'all doing today? Y'all can be seated. Thank you. See if this works. We are so excited to have you all here in person and online. My name is Pastor Brandon Heyman, and I'm an associate pastor here. I've been blessed by Pastor Rich and Pastor Mindy to be able to give a word today. I just want to give a special thank you to them. They're, on, they're, they're having some pastoral rest and relaxation, some R&R, and uh, they've been great leaders during this time of pervasive change in our world, so I just want to give a special thank you to them. So I'm going to go ahead and ask who's ready to receive God's word today, and I want y'all to make some noise, but before I do that, typically speakers will come up on stage and they'll ask a question and the crowd will give a low response, and then the next question, it'll be a louder response, and then the third question They'll, they'll actually be hype and everybody's involved. So when I ask this, is everybody ready? And I want y'all to give me some noise. I just want to skip those first two. Is that good with y'all? Yeah. Y'all good with that? Okay. So who is ready to receive God's word today? Let's make some noise. Ooh, Ooh we love that. Love that. So last Sunday, Pastor Rich gave an amazing message. Father's Day, he was talking about glory days and how our best days are our next days. And today we're going to talk on a man named Saul. I mean, we're going to talk about Saul too, but we're going to talk about a man named David. And many of us know his story, but hopefully today I can provide a a different perspective on his life. So I'm going to go ahead and tag a title to this text. If you would look at your neighbor and say, or if you're online, go ahead and type it in the chat and say, waiting on a promise. Great, great, great. So, so many know David by his, his feet. So we know that he defeated Goliath with a small, smooth stone. And we also know that he was later crowned king of Israel. So what I want to do today is look at his come up story. How did he get to king of Israel? And the thing about David was that he was a lowly shepherd boy. And a shepherd at that time was maybe not the most sought after position. He was always dirty, he was always in the field, he was always with the sheep. And it's truly amazing that God could use a shepherd boy and bring him up to be the king of Israel. So when we look at David's come up, we have to understand who was king of Israel before David was there. And so there was a man named Saul, King Saul, I told you we were gonna talk about him. Uh, So King Saul was the, the king of Israel and God had told him to destroy all the Amalekites. And he went in there and he destroyed most of the Amalekites. He kept the king, spared his life, and he kept the fat of the land. He kept the, the best of the land, i.e. he disobeyed God. And Samuel, who was a prophet at the time, came to Saul and said, hey, you disobeyed God. You have rejected the word of the Lord, and now the Lord has rejected you. And he lost his anointing in that moment. And I'm just trying to give you all some context here. He lost his anointing in that moment. And I just want to note that he was still the king of Israel but he had lost his anointing. So he was in the position, but he didn't have the anointing. And a lot of us may know some people that have the position of power, but don't have the anointing. Can I get an amen? Amen. Okay. And the ones with the loudest amens, I'm talking about y'all, but anyways, anyways. So that's where we pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 16, 
Saul has the anointing, or Saul just lost his anointing, but he's still in the position of power. He's still the king. And so if we go to 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1, verse 1 says, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. So Jesse is David's father. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Verse three, invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. And and this is just context, just track with me here. And so Samuel goes and invites Jesse to the sacrifice and he invites his sons as well. So we move down to verse six. It says, when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab, who was Jesse's oldest son, the eldest, and thought, surely the Lord's anointing stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, and this is verse seven, I love this. Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the say heart. Let's say that again, heart. So I'm going to camp out here for a second, if that's all right with y'all. Can I be real with, you? Can I be real with y'all for a second? Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. If y'all, y'all were going to say no, I was going to go a different direction, but, but we're good. Okay. So to be honest, I struggled on what to preach today. In my opinion, there's two different pandemics going on in our world right now. And I've gone from sermon to sermon, going back and forth. And I didn't know if I should preach on race. I didn't know if I should preach on something else. But what I did know is that race and racism has been on my heart very heavily. And I, and I talked to God. I said, God, this, this story of David is one that I've had on my heart a long time to preach. And I wasn't sure if this was the time to preach it because of what's going on in the world. And, and this verse, verse 7, just jumped off the page at me and it spoke volumes to me and confirmed, hey, this is the message you are to preach. So let's read verse seven one more time. The Bible says, do not consider his appearance or his height for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And what I realized was that the sin that has plagued our our nation, our world, not just in the last few months, but the last several hundred years, the sin of racism, it's a heart issue. And it's important to note here that when God was looking for the next king of Israel, he wasn't looking for skin color. He wasn't looking for appearance. He wasn't looking for stature or credibility or reputation or bank account. He was looking for a heart that was willing. And even... David's brothers, Eliab, Samuel said, surely this is the anointing one. He looked the part, but they did not have David's heart. And I think what we need to do is all of us, we need to have a heart check. All of us, black, white, yellow, whatever color, whatever race, whatever age, we need to have a heart check and ask ourselves, if God was looking for a willing vessel, if God was looking for a willing vessel, would he choose your heart? Would he choose your heart? And I know this conversation is uncomfortable, especially, you know, me being a minority, speaking to a congregation that is majority of the majority. And I know this is uncomfortable. And, 
and I'm not trying to condemn anybody, anybody and I'm not trying to convict anybody, but what I am trying to do is challenge you to check your heart. And if I would have got on the stage and not addressed this, this, this sin, this heart issue, then listen, the enemy would have won. Listen up, listen up. The enemy would have won because the opportunity to trigger a heart change would have passed by and nobody would have said anything. And, and in this message, I hope you hear my heart and what I'm trying to convey here. So we jump back into the scripture in verse 8. We're in 1 Samuel chapter 16. Verse 8 says, Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. So he's just saying next. And, and there was this TV show back when I was a heathen back in the day. I used to watch Next on MTV. And, and you come off the bus. It was like an in-person dating app. You come off the bus and the, the girl, the guy's like, next. I don't want him. Nah, next, next, next. And this is like the holy next. Samuel's like, nah, 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 not him, not him, not him. And then that's where we pick back up. And uh, <laughs> verse 11, the holy next. <laughs> Samuel asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? He said, there is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. And I just want to put a pin right there that David was the last called on. He was an afterthought. He was in the, he was in the fields. He was in the pasture. And it's, it's interesting that David was characterized by an undesirable characteristic. He said, David's the youngest. Oh, yeah, he's in the, he's in the back and a lot of us may have really good things going on for us, but we're still known or characterized by our least desirable characteristics. Yeah, I know him. He's the, he's the short one. Oh, her, the one with the anger issues. Oh, oh, her, she's, she's always loud. Oh, him with the bad breath. And, and y'all know exactly who I'm talking about. Somebody just popped up in your head. My wife would probably say it was me, but fortunately... God looks at the heart. So we go back into the scripture in verse 12. Track with me. So he sent for him and had him brought in and he was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Love that. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. Verse 13. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. So, so David was anointed to be king of Israel, but the last sentence in verse 13 really shook me. It said, Samuel then went to Ramah. Hmm? Samuel went to Ramah. And I, I was like, I kept reading on. I was like, all right, when, when is David going to the palace? But that's not what happened. And if you put your, yourself in the shoes of David, you had just been anointed king of Israel. And then Samuel just left. I thought I was going to catch a lift to the, to the palace, right? No. <laughs> It's like he won the lottery and then they told him, we don't know when you're going to get your money, but you'll get it, right? And a lot of us have been called in that way where God has placed a word on your heart. He has placed a purpose and a calling on your heart and on your, on your soul. But you're confused and you're frustrated like David was in this moment because you're sent back to the pasture. You're sent back to, to do what you were doing already. And... It may be hard to believe sometimes that that calling is even for you because you might be un unqualified for that position. But I came to tell everybody that God has a purpose for your life. Yeah. 
It's time to make purpose popular. It's time to make purpose popular. A lot of us just want to go with the flow and do what everybody does, but it's time to make purpose popular. Your purpose may be to build a business. Your purpose may be to teach. Your, your purpose may be to, to be a doctor or a lawyer or to fight injustice. It may even be to preach. Whatever your purpose is, God wants to get the glory. Can I get an amen? God wants to get the glory. He will build your story so that he gets the glory. So another fun fact about David, when we're talking about his come up story, is that he was a shepherd, but he was also a musician. And, and when I say a musician, like he was like number one on the billboards type. Like he had bars. He played this <laughs> instrument called the, he, he had this instrument called the lyre, which is like a small harp. And he actually wrote most of the Psalms that are in the Bible. And so my man was nice. He was nice with it. And I can only imagine, <laughs> I'm talking, he, I, I feel like he might've been R&B, just to be real with y'all. He, he was like slow jams. And I can just imagine him going back to the pasture and saying, God, what is going on? He's just playing the slow jams like, man, I'm supposed to go to the palace, right? What's going on? <laughs> for real, that's, that's, you got to put yourself in, the, in these stories because it's, it's for us to read and live out in our daily lives, right? And so in the meantime, while David is back in the pasture, Saul is being tormented by evil spirits because the anointing has left him, right? So he's being tormented by evil spirits and his attendants say, hey, let's bring in that, that kid, David. He's, he's mad good on the, on the guitar, whatever, the lyre, the harp, um, and he can make these evil spirits go away. So they bring him in, they call for him, into the palace. I just want to make a note right here that they called for David to the palace. David was anointed to be king, but was placed in the pasture. They called for him to the palace. And, and David didn't walk in there and say, hey, this is my game and that's my throne. I've been anointed. Give me the, give me the kingship right now. He was called and he wasn't called to be the king. He was called to serve the king. And, and it just shows his true humility here. And David goes on to serve as Saul's harpist. And later on, most of us know the story of David and Goliath and how he, he struck down Goliath with a small, smooth stone. But most of us missed the interview part that David had with Saul. So when David approached Saul and said, hey, I want to fight Goliath, Saul was like, nah, little buddy, like, sit back, bro, just... Stay where you are. We got this. Don't worry about it. But then David brought his resume and said, hey, look, when I was in the pasture by myself, when, I, when, I, when my sheep were being attacked, I struck down a lion and I struck down a bear and I'll do the same thing to Goliath. So what God was doing with him in the pasture prepared him for what he was going to do on the stage and the platform, right? And so we know the story David goes on to slay Goliath. It was an amazing story. And he started to get clout. He was the man, right? Everybody, he had some groupies singing him some songs. They're like, man, David is that man. And, jealous, and, and Saul gets jealous. Saul gets really jealous and, and loving. Jealousy is just like love and hate at the same time because he was getting all the clout and Saul was, was not anymore. And Saul actually starts to try to kill David. 
So David is now on the run. David's on the run for his life. And I just want you to put yourself in David's position. He's been anointed. He's been called, just like some of you have been called to do certain things. And he's obedient. He continues to work on his craft. And he's been called. He strikes down Goliath. He's like, oh, yeah, this is what God's called me for. And then now he's running for his life. And, and I can only imagine that David's confused, frustrated, anxious. What's going on? Like, God, you called me to this, right? Why am I getting chased for my life? And, and, and those battles, those moments are times that we can, we can feel like that too, where we feel like we're called, but it doesn't look like it, right? And... What happens is that David, um, Saul, Saul gets jealous and, and Saul eventually goes on to die in a war and David is crowned king of Israel. So, and mind you, let's, let's think about this timeline. David is anointed to be king and then 16 chapters later, it even goes to a whole nother book of the Bible, Nearly 15 years later, after he's anointed to be king, he is then crowned king of Israel. So he was really waiting on a promise. And a lot of us may feel that God's called us to do something, be something, but we're still in the pasture and we're still fighting battles and we're still running for our lives. We're just confused, right? And I came to tell you today that even in the pasture, there's purpose. David had no less purpose while he was waiting on the kingdom, and sometimes God will, he works in mysterious ways. Sometimes he'll give you a glimpse of what you're supposed to do. Say, oh, that's what you're supposed to do. But then he'll blindfold you and have you listen to his voice and say, you know, listen to him to, to give you direction. So, and, and I just want you to hear my heart. I'm not saying I'm... Um, a king of anything, because I feel like my story really resonates with David. And I'm, like I said, I'm not trying to say I'm a king or anything, but I do have a purpose, and I think we all have a purpose here. And it's God's purpose that we need to be focused on. And I'm going to go ahead and give you my testimony and how I even got up. To, why, who is this guy, Brandon? Like, where did he come from? Like, out of nowhere. Like, that's really what happened. Like, I felt like David in that lowly shepherd position. And uh, about three years ago, my wife and I, Casey, were living in Birmingham, Alabama, and we were newlyweds. We had good jobs. We were enjoying life. We were comfortable. And God really stirred my heart, and he said, you need to move to Louisville right now. And I was like, no offense to any Louisvillians. I was like, nah, bro, I'm good. Like, Trust me, we are good here. Don't worry about me. I, we're, all, we're all good. And eventually we did. We were obedient and we, we moved here to Louisville. And at the same time, I was trying to get a, a position at my job. I was, trying to, I was possibly going to get early promoted. And we were trying to have a kid. So it was a lot going on at this time. And so I said, all right, God, I'm going to move to Louisville. I, I don't want to, but hey, if you're telling me so clearly to move to Louisville, I'll do it. And in between the time of me putting in a transfer 
and actually moving to Louisville, um, we were in a church service and after the church service, we went and got prayer and I was with my wife and this lady, Miss Lauren, I'll never forget her. She put her hands on Casey's belly and said, there's a blessing in your womb. And I'm like, ooh, Lord talking to me. All right, cool. Lauren looked at me. She said, Brandon, you are a leader and you will rise up faster than those around you. And, and mind you, I'm possibly going to get early promoted. So I'm like, yes, thank you, Lord, you coming through. I obeyed you. We're going to Louisville and you're going to rise me up, right? And I'm not even a Falcons fan, and I, but I am from Georgia. But at that moment, I was like, rise up, like rise up. Like it's time, it's time. God's called me. This is it. And ah, the Lord just works in mysterious ways. And two weeks later, we actually find out that Casey was pregnant while we were standing there and she was really touching and it was just it was just mind-blowing and it really it really just solidified the blessing she had put on my life the prophecy that God had called me for on my life and I'm like oh this is for sure this is like really solidified hey bro you about to get this early promotion you're about to get this position but it doesn't always work how you want it to work I ended up not getting the position um, and the main reason was because we were moving to Louisville. So at this point, I'm in that confused state. I'm running for my life. I'm here just like David, and I'm saying, Lord, I, I, I obeyed you. You promised me this. I obeyed you, and, and, and the fact that I obeyed you made this promise that I thought was going to happen not happen. And a lot of us can see ourselves there where God's called you, but it looks Bleak, it looks confusing. What's going on, God? What is going on? So the thing is, I went to Louisville, we moved to Louisville, and my job was actually an hour and a half, two hours away, and I was, felt like isolated, right? I didn't know many people out here, felt very isolated. And in that isolation, God will work in the isolation, in that isolation, that's when I started to build skills. Every week on Mondays, we would have a, a huddle meeting. And after the huddle meeting, I'd start to give these little messages, a little TGIM, a little thank God it's Monday, a little preaching, if you will. And I did that week in and week out, week in and week out. And this is like a group of maybe eight, nine, 10 people. It wasn't a huge crowd. And what I realized was God was giving me confidence to speak on a stage. While I was in the isolation, I was not feeling good at all. I was like, hey, this is crazy. We moved out here to Louisville. I don't know anybody. I'm in isolation. But God is working on me. And let me tell you, God is working on you right now where you are. And the crazy part about this is that me being on this stage right now is fulfillment of a promise that God gave me years ago. God gave me years ago. And I realized that God's plan is much bigger than any plan that we could ever have. Any plan. I'm here, I'm, I'm a living testimony. And, I, and, I, and what I want is for us all, all of us, to have that living testimony where God used us. What, what are you called for? What are you here for? I don't care what age you are. You might be young, you might be old. God has called you for a purpose. So there are many of us that we may be like Saul in this moment where we have been anointed 
and we are appointed. So we're in the position God has called for us. Let's just remember to not be disobedient in this stage and lose the anointing that God's called for us. Some of us are still waiting to hear from the Lord. You don't even know what your calling is yet. And then there's some of us that have heard from the Lord, but we're in that confused running for your life stage. Wherever you are today, I just want you to stay close to God's voice, close enough so you can hear him and be obedient to what he's called for you. And lastly, there may be a group that doesn't even fit in any of these categories because you haven't made that decision to accept Jesus, the Lord and Savior, as your, as your Lord and Savior. And I just want to pray over everyone, whether you're in whatever bucket you're in, I just want to pray over you today. And if you all could stand and bow your heads, I'd love to pray over you. And note that you can get prayer. We have prayer warriors down here. And, and, and remind you, this is how I, I came to a humbling point where I said, Lord, what is going on right now? Like, I got to go get prayer. Sometimes you just have to go get prayer. You don't even know what you need prayer for. You just go down there and you get prayer. We have a team here that, will, that can pray for you. If you would, you can repeat after me or you can, you can say these words in your head. Lord, I come to you today. And I ask you to check my heart. And if you find any wicked way, remove it as far as the east is from the west. Make me new. Purpose me for your will and not mine. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.